Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. We're currently in a series called Kingdom Culture. To be a Christian is to be a subject of the kingdom of God. What does it take to be in this kingdom? How should we live? What does Jesus have to say about this kingdom? Today, Sadie continues our series by telling us about brotherhood. True brotherhood is more than just a friendship. We really need each other. This message was recorded on October 28, 2021 at the McKee Lecture Hall at UNC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are. Leave as a new creation. Right, right. So, ladies, we had our little fall and fall party. Men smashing pumpkins, right? The activity, not the band. Um, men, you guys uh, get pumped for November sixth at seven o'clock because y'all are having man night. I hear that there's food, games, and manliness. Like that's exactly the quote that I received from my husband: manliness. Uh, shortly after that, let's see, Missions Week is coming up. Wow, 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 wow. Yes, yes, yes. In Chi Alpha, we get super pumped for Missions Week. Um, I feel like it should be Missions Month, though. Maybe that's something we can change. But we have Missions Week, and we are flying in someone from out of state to come be with us all week long. His name is Kyle Volkmer. Um, we, we love Kyle. So Kyle went to school with Duncan and I when we were students, and we knew him when he was terrifying and an atheist, and then he got saved, and then he was terrifying and saved. So anyway, he is coming to be with us, so expect big things, okay? Expect God to do something big in you. Expect the Holy Spirit to stir in your heart a willingness to live a life on mission, okay? That's what I'm going to say. God has put us on this planet in this season for a purpose, and it is a privilege to live missionally with the Lord and for the Lord. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, and so let's see, a couple days after that, we're having a Chi Alpha after grad luncheon. So if you're a junior or a senior, third year, fourth year student, or if you are in a, a super senior counts, yes, obviously, yes, we, we see you, we understand. Um, or if you're in like post-grad living lifestyle, you are invited to this. I am sorry, freshmen and sophomores, it's not your time yet. I apologize. Wait until next year. Um, anyway, so we are bringing in speakers, Christians who, Christians, amazing, um, who are active Christians who are going to talk to us about what it's like to live an active Christian lifestyle post-graduation. Because one of the saddest things that I can imagine is all of you graduate and then you stop pursuing the Lord. And that will make me cry. But more importantly, it will make God cry. And we don't want to do that to him. Um, so it's going to be at the Vineyard Church here in town, free lunch, catered lunch, probably Hudoba. It's going to be wonderful. Come ready to ask questions to a pastor, a missionary, and someone else in the marketplace, and they can help you work through those thoughts. What'd you say? Yeah, right. Ask questions. Tonight, we're going to take up an offering, but... 
before we do that, I would also like to mention we're going to take up a missions offering the week of Missions Week. I think that we can give big. I really, really do. Yes. Yes, we can. But Lori, I don't have a job. How am I supposed to give? I will hire you to clean my house. So if you really do have a heart to give, and if you really do not have a job, come find me, not text me. You can reach me somehow. Um, Anyway, you can find ways to give. If you really, really want to give and you are struggling financially, I hear you can sell plasma. So I'm just saying there are options. Hey, it's for a good cause, right? A double good cause. Win-win. Anyway, so talk it over. Talk it over with your small group because what if you give big as a small group? What? Yes. What if your small group sets a goal? Y'all, we can give blank. Let's make it happen. What an amazing opportunity. So tonight, I'm going to pray for the offering, and you can just, you know, do your thing, your QR code thing, and you can give tonight. It's going to be wonderful. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for these incredible people in the room. God, we want to learn from you. God, teach us how to be big givers the way that you're a big giver. Lord, obviously, um, we give what we are able to, but God, help us to give joyfully. Lord, help us to learn how to increase our giving so that we can reflect your heart everywhere we go. In your name we pray, amen. Maddie, come on up. Maddie's giving us a testimony tonight. So, Maddie, no, she needs your encouragement and your focus and your attention, okay? Um, So, Maddie, you've got a story to share. I do. Yeah. It's definitely not what most of you are expecting. Some of you know a bit about my testimony, but Mm -hmm. this week has been rough. Okay. So, So some new new fresh stuff. Can you share with us just a bit about what God has done? Um, but first, shameless self-plug, the Chi Alpha Halloween party is very last minute and is happening at my house. Sunday at 7. I am poor until two weeks from now, so please contribute funds. Thanks. Um, sorry. You wouldn't believe it, but I got an A in public speaking. I'm not sure how. <laughs> sorry. The only thing beautiful about me is the spirit within me. Don't even. So um, I wanted to start because I, like, I kind of offered to do this very spontaneously. And as I started to think about it, I was like, okay, well, what do I want to talk about? And that got me thinking about, like, what is a testimony? So I looked it up. Um, A testimony is a formal written or spoken statement, um, especially in a court of law, Evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of something or a public recounting of a religious conversion or experience. Um, And I was like, wow, cool. I know a lot about that. Um, I used to be super atheist. (laughs) Um, I grew up in a very lukewarm Christian family. Um, You know, it was like we go to church on the holidays and um, it just, yeah, I, I, what I learned in Bible school did not match what I was seeing from the people around me, the people who claim to love Jesus. And so I thought, therefore, God is not real. Um, I remember when I was 15, I told my mom I didn't believe in God, and she wouldn't talk to me for a full day. Um, she wouldn't even look at me. I had to leave the house. 
So it was, uh, yeah. So I, I definitely used to be somebody that I wasn't proud of. Um, and I could stand here and I could, you know, tell you guys about how I was abandoned by my parents and went through foster care. I could tell you about um, my suicide attempts, my depression, my sexual assaults. I could tell you about the people that I've lost and how God literally saved my life two times and made me, converted me from an atheist to believer in 10 seconds with a single Bible verse. Um, and that would all be great and it would all be true because God did so much with all of that pain, but it wouldn't be the full truth. Um, until, I'm sorry, it was a really hard week. Um, until Tuesday, I didn't really understand what testimony meant. I thought the testimony was like a story of something God did in my life and that was cool and I got to share that and people were like, oh, that's cool. And then that was it. That was what testimony meant. But there was a very important man named John who passed away after a battle with cancer on Tuesday. He is my brother-in-law's father and my brother-in-law Kevin is one of the coolest people you could ever meet. He is super funny and goofy and he loves Jesus. He is a radiology technician, so he sees horrible things and still uplifts those things to Jesus. He has seen miracles done in Jesus' name where people with stage four cancer have been cured through faith. No treatment, just faith. And John, Kevin is a product of John. Um, in his final days, I learned more about John than I've ever, ever known in the entire 10 years my sister has been with Kevin. He has been through um, a lot of abuse, poverty, ups and downs in his faith, and God has been relentless. And in his final days, it wasn't God heal me. It was, I'm ready to meet you, God. I don't care. I just pray that you bring peace to the people around me. Um, and modeling, looking at that behavior and realizing that he modeled a Christ-like faith and trust in God, that he was like willing to accept his death if that's what God's plan was, because God did not heal him. And not only that, but he was willing to be gracious and kind to the people around him who were unkind. His wife, Linda, God bless her soul. We love her dearly, but she has been so unkind to him for 10 plus years. And in the face of his death, she was continuing to be unkind. And he looked at her and uplifted her and gave her love. And I thought, wow, that's the faith that I want. And then that's when it hit me, that testimony, my testimony, what I wanted to talk about, it's not, oh, God saved my life this one time, or God did this. Testimony isn't about me. It never was. I am lucky enough to be a character in a book that God is writing, still writing currently. And the things, the things that I realize is that not all testimony like I thought my testimony was, contains a miracle. John wasn't healed. He, he passed away. And it was a very painful and sad, sad passing. But that didn't dampen his peace in knowing that God was in control or his ability to glorify and uplift him. Not all testimony happens to us, but sometimes it happens around us. I feel more greatly impacted by the last week of this man's life than I have by the past seven months of mine. And that testimony is daily. It's not, it's not the one and done thing. Testimony is 
is daily, every day, making a statement of faith, letting God shine through you every day and how you change and grow. You accept conviction. And I just, man, I just realized that what I initially got up here to share was so lukewarm in comparison to the things that God's still currently doing in my life and the way that I can still share daily what that testimony looks like. And man, that's, that's really what I wanted to talk about tonight. I know you expected me to share about my traumas and how God has healed that, but I just felt like this was bigger than all of that. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than what I've been through. It's bigger than what all of us have been through. And I'm so sorry to say it's not about you. It's about God. And this is what God taught me this week, and this is what I felt that you, you should know. Thank you. Thank you, Maddie. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's encouraging. God is writing a story within each of us, and it's one long story. And we're all going to put all the pieces together one day like a beautiful woven tapestry. So with that said, let's do some honor bombs, yeah? Yeah. President Peck, come on up. Who else? Destiny? Come on. Both of y'all, come on. You can stand together. Friends together. All right, ladies first, yeah? Okay. You got it. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Destiny. I don't normally look like this. Um, yeah, I'm Shigo. And as you can see, Kaylee's my other half. Fun fact. Um, anyways, uh, today I was planning on, wow, okay, there's an Ashley there. Um, hey, Ashley, I'm planning on honoring you. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> um, Okay. so I'll just give like a little bit of a spiel on that. Um, I have it all written down because I know I can go all over the place. Um, so she is one of the most absolutely amazing people I have ever met. Um, there aren't enough words to describe how much I love her and how amazing she is and like how much she's impacted my life. Um, but fun fact, before I joined Pi Alpha and everything, um, she reached out to me and um, it was on my way to the bathroom, and she was like, hey, you want to come hang out with me? And I was like, okay, I'll do that. And <laughs> we ended up hanging out later, and I was like, nah, I don't want to join Chi Alpha. And every time I would see her on campus and stuff, she'd always, like, go out of her way to say hi to me and just, like, care about me so much. She made sure to check on me and see, like, how I was doing in life, which was super amazing. Um, and so... Um, she also has this amazing, unconditional love for not just me, but everyone else around me. Um, she makes everyone else feel loved around her. And if you haven't met her or gotten the opportunity to talk to her, I 100% recommend it. Um, so she's also not afraid to call me out on things I need to be called out on. And that's real love right there because <laughs> sometimes I need a little bit of... Uh, Wisdom from Ashley. <laughs> um, but anyways, I honestly don't think I would be where I am without Ashley and all the prayers and love that she's given. And Ashley, I love you a lot. Um, <laughs> and here's a Bible verse that reminded me of her. Um, 
Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10, two are better than one because they have a good reward in their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and does not another to lift him up. So Ashley has been there for me when I didn't even, yeah, yeah, but I love Ashley. Yep, that's it. Hello. Hi. Yeah, so um, the person I picked, uh, the only regret I have about picking them is when they get the mic, they're going to talk like this. And they're probably going to have to sing like John Denver sometimes. Can anyone guess who it is? No. Xavier. Yeah, Xavier. So... So Xavier, he co-leads with me. We lead our small group together, and we have uh, this year and last year. Um, we were together since the beginning. Um, yeah, he, he's been, I know, I know, it makes me cry. I just don't make me cry. Uh, yeah, Xavier's been there since the beginning, uh, since the OG group. Um, and Xavier, what he's always brought to the table, and what I love about him is brotherhood. Um, he actually has such a strong desire for brotherhood that he, um, you can tell he's drained without it. Um, he has always brought in a culture, and he came from the CSU Chi Alpha, uh, but he has always brought in a culture of just really wanting to be guys with guys and, and just having that brotherhood um, that you don't really get anywhere else. Um, he's, yeah, he's just always resembled that. And for me, I've never been somebody who's been really big into having a big social outreach for other guys or anything like that. And uh, Xavier is always always wanted that for for us and for our small group and um, yeah I just really appreciate that about him so yeah Xavier hey do you know who's preaching tonight did y'all notice all the Sadies over here there's like a whole cult of Sadie's now. <laughs> this woman is godly and she's hilarious and she's honest, she's vulnerable, she's lovely. We're gonna get this trash out of your face right now, okay? Bye trash. I am so excited, Sadie. Tell us everything. Okay, well, um, <laughs> thanks. Two, five, four, afterwards. Uh, also, hi, Ashley. Hi. Okay, um, I'm super nervous, fun fact. Um, I also really like um, when people encourage me, and so you hear me in the crowd like, let's go, that's awesome. Yeah, I need that, I need that, I need that. So before I get started, I'm going to pray over the sermon because I want it to be from the Lord and not me. Because um, I am going to be nervous and I am human and I do slip up. So we're going to pray. Um, dear Lord, just thank you for this awesome time. It's just awesome time to be together, Lord. I just pray that you would just um, be with all of us, open up our hearts, open up our minds. Um, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would dwell with us and just speak to us. Um, and let my testimony and what I've been through just open up the hearts of these students um, and even my heart, Lord. You're continuously changing us and just be with us, Lord. It's in your name. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. 
So <laughs> I'm shaking, but hopefully no one can see it. So <laughs> hey, hey, we're gonna get to the sermon. So I'm gonna talk about my testimony throughout this because um, this topic is something the Lord has used as a tool in my life to get to where I am today. Um, so who am I? I don't know if anyone knows who I am. Um, if you don't know who I am, well, I'll give you a quick, like, a little background. <laughs> and so, I'm a graduate from the lovely school of Sam Houston State. <laughs> I graduated with a criminal justice degree, and while I'm not doing that, um, the Lord did have me become a first responder still, just for the souls of his people. Um, so, I'm literally doing the best job on planet Earth, which is serving his kingdom as a campus missionary. Um, these are some of my great friends. Um, I love every single one of them. Um, that was some people at Sam Houston, my best friends here also. She's right there. <laughs> um, and yeah, these are just people that have just impacted my life because um, I literally came from nothing. And so um, this is even now, and it's still going to be keep doing that, and the Lord's still going to keep providing in that area. But how, how did I get to this point? How did I hear about Chi Alpha? Um, so I did not grow up knowing the Lord, and I came from a very broken family. Um, my biological mother is a drug addict. Um, she still struggles with that, but the Lord has been working in her life still to this day. My stepmom was an alcoholic, and she's been set free from that, praise God. Um, and my dad was in and out of my life because he was working endlessly as a full-time firefighter, just trying to get enough money to fight for a lawyer, to fight for me and my little sister to get custody. On top of all of that, <coughs> my bad, um, I was confused about my identity and struggling with my sexuality. Uh, suicidal thoughts, and I myself was a borderline alcoholic. Um, point being, <laughs> I never felt seen, and I never knew what true love was. I never knew what that was. Um, I was the middle child, and if anyone's a middle child, <laughs> sometimes you can feel it. <laughs> You're kind of... <laughs> but I felt it on a different level because everything around me was literally crumbling. Um, and so it was just really hard. Uh, I got to Sam Houston very broken. Um, I ended up meeting a girl named Shelby, um, so this is Shelby with a CH. <laughs> no, no, that's a different Shelby. But this Shelby, <laughs> this Shelby I met my freshman year. Um, and yeah, she, she became one of my best friends. She still is to this day. Um, Shelby invited me to a toga party with XA. Didn't tell me what XA stood for. So me being a heathen, I was like, frat party, let's go. Like, <laughs> let's go. So I put on a toga did the little makeup thing, and I was like, not about that. I'm just here to, you know, get wasted. That was my, my point. Um, I show up, and everyone's like, Jesus music, church clap. And I'm like, that's not what I wanted. That's not what I wanted at all. Um, <laughs> that's where I was bamboozled into coming to small group. Um, <laughs> and then later, large group service. Um, I was in XA since my freshman year. I stepped out for a few months um, just because of some deep sin issues. Then because of the power of prayer and a community coming together with Jesus at the forefront, it really works. Um, I gave my life to the Lord after two long years of just a hard shell that just would not crack. Um, I was angry. I hated Christians, actually. <laughs> I hated my life. Um, but two years of hard prayer and these people continuously loving on me and showing me what fellowship was and what discipleship was, um, the Lord moved through that. And so <clears throat> I got baptized my sophomore of my spring semester, and it's awesome. Here I am now. Um, but honestly, the only reason I went to those things um, was because Shelby invited me. Um, and, I had, and had introduced me to small group. I had no clue what small group was, again. <laughs> I had no clue at all what it was. I had no intention of it. 
I only went because I had a common relationship with Shelby, and we were friends. Eventually, um, that friendship would turn into a deeper relationship. Shelby would eventually become one of my small group leaders herself, um, along with Cooper, who was my discipler. Um, I say Cooper as my discipler because Shelby was my best friend all throughout college. Um, but I think there's, there's a difference between friendship and speaking into your life and then having someone choose to disciple you and walk with you through it. Um, so that brings me to some scripture I want to focus on um, regarding fellowship in general. So 1 John 1, 1 through 4, if y'all want to pull it up in your Bibles, if you don't have a copy, you should look out for your neighbor. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to read it. That which was from the, from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, our, at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So I would like to focus in on fellowship. And there's a word within the scripture, obviously, called fellowship. And in Greek, I'm going to butcher it, it's koinonia, yeah, <laughs> which speaks which speaks of, that's funny, quinoa, um, which speaks of a sharing communion, a common bond, and common life. It speaks of a living, breathing, sharing, loving relationship with another person. So I just want to break that down. Um, and I'm going to use that by going back to First John and going to the scripture, the verses 2 through 4. I'm going to read it again, so bear with me. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. <coughs> We have a chiophism um, that I, I want to break down um, tonight just to help us explain, like, what true fellowship is within small group and within this community. Um, it will also help us answer a really important question um, that I like to give. But how do I go, how do we go from saying these are just my friends to these are my brothers and sisters in Christ? Um, so I'm going to go through the four C's. And, yeah, they're common understanding common unselfishness, constant forgiveness, and then common commitment. So the first point, common understanding. Looking back at 1 John, we went over the word quinoa, koinonia, uh, which meant sharing a common bond with one another. Uh, now you can share a common bond with someone in a surface level way. You can do that. Um, or you can share a bond with someone with the integration of Jesus. Um, there has to be a switch from surface level commonalities to eternal commonalities within our brothers and sisters. But this is a choice, a choice of choosing eternal life, which is Jesus. So going back to my story, I met Shelby, and she was the complete opposite of me. I don't know if you saw that picture. I'm straight up flannel and, like, ball cap, and she's, like, eh, like, really girly. Um, that's not me. <laughs> but we had some commonalities between us, um, like that we were both going through relationship issues. We both love the same YouTubers. Um, and we both had family struggles. Uh, basically, we had a surface-level common understanding. Because of the simple surface-level common understanding, I was able to build a relationship with her, making it easier to join a small group. 
However, eventually, our surface level commonalities shifted between, well, shifted, well, shifted because Shelby continuing going to small group and be, she began a real relationship with the Lord and that's where our relationship completely changed. Um, I stepped out and was not continuing a relationship with the Lord, didn't even want to to begin with, um, but she was persistent in having that relationship and she continuously showed me that love um, that Jesus had for her and the love he had for me. Um, and obviously, as I am standing here now, <laughs> I eventually found that real relationship with Jesus. Until then, our integration point was other things. It was the world. Things of the world, once we both came to love the Lord, our integration point became him. So we had this common understanding in the love we both shared, not only for each other as friends, but also in our Heavenly Father as sisters in Christ. This deeper, eternal commonality cannot be found with other believers unless you yourself agree to walk with the Lord and you come into an agreement with him that you want to walk with him and for him, just him alone. The other person must also do the same. It's a two-way relationship. As much as you want the relationship to work, it has to be both ways. This is because in order to truly find some common understanding, you need to be on the same page. And so some scripture that I wanted to look at was Amos 3.3. I don't know if it's up there. Yeah, sweet. Um, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Another one is, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? In this scripture, basically a background of it, Israel had forgotten about who God was. They became spiritually smug. Um, the Lord sent Amos to simply remind them of who he was and how they agreed to walk with him and one another. But they forgot that. Um, they selfishly were choosing to live for the world rather than live under the promise the Lord had given them. And so this leads into our next point, which is common unselfishness. Um, once you agree to have full fellowship with God, as we see in 1 John, you now get to go from being selfish to selfless. Um, that has to happen. Um, taking a look back into my story, Shelby, people within my small group and my small group leader made it known that they still loved me and they were there for me. They would text me and ask me to go on one-on-ones, um, let's hang out, I would blow them off, I'd ghost them. They would even wake up in the middle of the night when I was deep in sin and just really needing help. They would be there. Um, they chose to love me. Remember that love is a choice and that they, they chose to love me endlessly no matter the sacrifice. Time, money, sleep, and here's a kicker, class, school, that didn't matter to them. Um, they said, your eternity matters. Um, and then nothing to them because the Lord was at the forefront because it was a soul. Um, and I'm sorry, your degree is not going to get you into heaven. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so we see Jesus throughout the New Testament give endless accounts of selfless acts um, and use parables of what it means to be selfless. And one parable I want to touch on is the parable of the Good Samaritan found in Luke 10, um, 25 through 37. I didn't put it up there. It's pretty lengthy, but um, take a look back at it. Please do. Um, Jesus was answering a question that was used to test him from someone who was seen as an expert in the law. Um, the question was, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Uh, Jesus knows the law because he is the law, the commandment. Um, he answers his own question. And so he asked the man, he was like, if you know all the answers, like you should just answer it then. And so the guy says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. The man in the story decides that that answer wasn't good enough. Um, he, he just 
some reason didn't like it. And Jesus did what he does and gave the man a parable. Um, the parable of the Good Samaritan begins with a Jewish man being attacked by criminals. He's portrayed walking down the road to Jericho, broken and battered. Passing by him was a priest and a Levite man, but neither stopped to help the injured man. And soon after, a Samaritan man passed by. This man stopped, took care of the injured Jewish man, and took him to good shelter. Um, this may not seem like a big deal at first, but Samaritans and Jews did not get along. Um, the Jewish man was passed by two religious people. So just imagine those two religious people, that's us, basically, passing by lost souls on campus. Um, he passed by these, these two religious people passed by him who should have helped him, and they didn't. And yet, um, he ended up being helped by someone who was supposed to hate him. And in those moments, the Samaritans didn't care that he was Jewish or about what he was wearing or how beat up he was. Um, he picked him up, he put him on his donkey, and walked for miles to the next inn. This guy put him on a donkey and walked next to him, someone he should have hated, um, and paid for this man to stay somewhere safe where he could find rest and healing. Um, that Samaritan man could have left him for dead, knowing that he was a Jew, but he knew that was not right, um, simply because the Lord's commandment was written on his heart, and he knew it was right not to leave him. The Lord's law is it's written on all of our hearts, um, just like that Samaritan man. Um, so a question I have for us all is how many times have we looked at our brothers and sisters in this community or outside of this community and said, maybe someone else will help them, just maybe, but I can't do it. Um, but I thought, I thought, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. I thought that's what was written on our hearts. So why can we walk past him? Um, this is simply, that verse, this is simply Jesus unselfishly choosing for the highest good of us because he loved us. This is our example, so why aren't we following it? Shelby and everyone else in the small group, and even my leader, was going through their own life struggles. Um, I don't know if half of you know, but as small group leaders, we still struggle. <laughs> as staff members, we still struggle. Um, as anyone in the church, we still struggle. It's still a thing. Um, and I didn't know that because I thought Christians mean you had to have a perfect life. That was all false. <laughs> um, but they chose to pick me up time and time again when I was on the side of the road half dead. I was the Samaritan, I mean, I was the Jewish man on the side of the road half dead, um, and they were the Samaritan man who came by and picked me up. Um, I could have been left for dead. I should have, actually, but they chose because they knew who loved them first. Um, so this leads me into my next point, constant forgiveness. So some scripture is uh, Matthew 5, 23 through 24. Go ahead and read it. Um, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar... And there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Personally, I was not someone who was grateful for the help during that time. Um, I was receiving from the people within my small group and exit community. Um, I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't want it because I didn't want to receive it because I thought I was worthless because I was being reluctant. Um, it was simply, for me, something I used as an excuse. I used their love as an excuse, and the excuse was, at least I was safe. They say they love this Jesus guy, so they have to be nice to me and help me. Um, they can't deny me. And so that caused me to not even be grateful, because I was like, well, this guy you say you like, you got to 
do it because you're obligated. And so I, I genuinely wasn't even thankful for them. I spit in their face. Um, when I would come back around to Chi Alpha and small group, I fully expected these people to kick me out um, and say there's no point in continuing to keep helping you time and time again. Um, they didn't show that, though. They showed, that, showed what Matthew 5, 23 through 24 meant. There had to be some kind of anger. I mean, has anyone ever been angry with someone and just be like, gosh, when are they going to get it? Like, when are you going to get it? Or gosh, like, you're just not grateful. Like, you just don't. Who are you? Like, why are you like this? Countless times I saw them come to me and say, hey, Sadie, we need to talk about this and try to simply fix the situation with grace and forgiveness. If we are a community and fellowship of just constant anger and no reconciliation with one another, then we truly have not been reconciled to Christ ourselves either. Going back to 1 John, um, 1 John 1.3 says, We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard, so that you may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Paul was writing and saying that we've walked with him. Paul was saying that he walked with him. I've seen him. Paul was saying, I know of this true grace and forgiveness. I remember when he met me on the road to Damascus, the road where I was prepared to persecute more Christians, and he chose me. In Colossians 3.13, it states, um, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. We are called to do this as believers of Christ, to forgive one another. Jesus looked out at the crowd, and that was me, that was you, the disciples, and everyone else, and said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. As he was being crucified on our behalf, I know we are not perfect like Jesus, but as believers with the word written on our heart and created in his image, we should be able to forgive one another when someone miscommunicates or is driven by emotions in a moment. We hung Jesus on a tree. and He forgave us. Why can't we forgive our brothers and sisters? This leads me into the last C, which is common commitment. So we must tune our lives to his life and be committed to him. If we will truly be committed to one another, commitment says, over my dead body, over my dead body, are you going to live a stupid spiritual life? Commitment fights for real love and real relationship. When I was running from the Lord with everything and holding on to nothing but sin, my small group at the time, Shelby, and even the whole XA community could have turned, turned on me and said, no, there's no point. When I didn't see the worth I had, they did, simply because they had a real relationship with Jesus. They were committed to the Lord first before they could commit to anyone else. And with that commitment, they were able to say, hey, that thing you're doing will not be good for you. And they meant it. And I don't know if you've ever had somebody do that to you, but maybe you should go back and thank them if they love the Lord because they're doing it for your higher good. Um, because they just cared about me so much. Uh, again, they were choosing for my highest good to call me out on those things because they cared about my eternity over my feelings. And that's why this scripture, um, Proverbs 27.6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. This speaks the truth that our brothers and sisters who know Christ and have a true relationship with him have made the jump from just fellowship of surface-level common understanding to a fellowship with Jesus himself. That revealed a deeper common understanding with his creation. We need to see that godly fellowship and brotherhood is a bridge to discipleship. 
and allowing someone to walk with you in growth with your relationship with the Lord and guide you to his cross. So I'm going to transition into talking about discipleship now. So I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but Harvey Herman, um, who is the author of Discipleship by Design, he describes discipleship as, yeah, discipleship as, discipleship then is central to Jesus's great purpose for his church. The doing of our lives must revolve around the discipling process. Being discipled and discipling others, it is to be our investment for a lifetime. How are we to invest the talents the master entrusts into our care until he returns? We know that we are surely not to hide them, but the investment that brings the great returns in the kingdom of God is to use the talents to disciple. This is real treasure that may be laid up in heaven. Discipleship is a ministry given to us by Jesus that has eternal impact. So to break this down, um, I'm going to focus on the Great Commission. And so the Great Commission is found in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what does it mean to make disciples? Jesus said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Simply put, it means that you demonstrate discipleship for them by the way that you live. Um, the Great Commission, again, is a command. We talked about this last week with Duncan. Um, it's not like a suggestion. This is a command. This is something we need to do. As we can see, just by the first few words said by Jesus, all authority, not half, all authority, Jesus has the authority given by the Father to command this of his followers. So who exactly is Jesus speaking to? His disciples. Jesus was not commissioning just one of his disciples, but them all. Jesus commissioned his disciples four different times. I'm not going to read all of them, but uh, uh, yeah, go ahead and write all those down. (laughs) Um, They're really good, but he commissioned them. And so if, if you doubt yourself being a disciple, then take a look at the disciples themselves. <laughs> the disciples were honestly a bunch of ragtag individuals coming from different backgrounds. Um, when Jesus called them, as we look in the Gospels, each of these individuals dropped everything and left everything behind to follow him because they knew he was the Messiah. They followed Jesus and they were taught by him. They learned by watching him and what he did. The first thing you have to see is that disciples agreed to be taught, they agreed to be taught, to be taught and walk with the Lord. For the disciples, walking with the Lord meant living everyday life with him. They did everything with Jesus and got to see him complete even the most mundane tasks, most minuscule things. However, the difference between them and Jesus was that he completed every task and activity perfectly. He was without sin, so they had an opportunity to see how to truly live as the Father had called us to live. After living life with them and giving them the tools they needed, he then released them to go and make disciples themselves. The order we see in that, after Jesus had risen again, he met the disciples on a mountain in Galilee and commanded them and all who believe in him to go and make disciples. If you are not willing to be faithful, available, and teachable, 
then you are not able to make disciples yourself. If you can't be faithful, available, and teachable to the king, then you can't be entrusted with his highest invitation to join him as the king in fighting for his creation and his kingdom. When I gave my life, my all to the Lord, and declared through confession and through baptism, I was saying with my life and words that I am willing to learn and grow from the king and to obey whatever he commands me to do. Once I made this decision, once I declared to be taught by the Lord, I needed help in learning how to walk through this because I just didn't know how. As the disciples had the Son of Man, Jesus, with them, we have the Spirit of God and the Word of God with us. The thing is that once you learn something, you don't just leave it to sit. Um, you use it and you practice it. So Cooper, I don't have a picture, but you know who she is. Cooper became my discipler once I opened up, once I opened up to her not only about my life and building a relationship with her, but asking for help and learning and growing with the Lord. Cooper took time to lead me to the cross by reflecting on her own relationship with the Lord and talking about him intentionally because she had such a strong relationship with him. Just as Jesus did to the disciples of teaching and walking with them, he released them to make more disciples of their own. So Cooper did not look at me with the intention of keeping me in student mode. She saw Jesus in me when I couldn't see him in myself, and she entrusted me in that, and she said, now you go and make disciples, because that's what we're called to do. Um, with Cooper willing to walk with me and to invite me in, her, in on her own relationship with Jesus, I was able to see that Jesus not only loves me, but he loves all. And we are commanded to do the same because he loved us first. My heart was being transformed by the Lord, and I started to see people around me as souls that mattered instead of just empty shells, because that's what I thought of them at first, because I was an empty shell. Jesus grew in me a love for people that I had never had before. My, my fellowship and communion with God opened my eyes to wanting more people to be in communion with God, and that meant anyone, no matter the skin color, culture, financial status, degree, or opinions, it was their soul that mattered for eternity. Um, worship team, you can go ahead and come back up if you would like. Um, it's up to you. <laughs> Only if you want to. Um, yeah, if, if, you're looking, um, if you're looking just for a friendship uh, and a social club, then I'm afraid you've got it wrong um, because this isn't it. Fellowship with other believers goes deeper than this. It's an opportunity to not only grow in relationship with others, but more importantly with God. If you are just trying to get your golden ticket to heaven, then that is wrong. Um, you need a real relationship with Jesus to have access to the Father and to live eternity with him in heaven. Um, this takes commitment and requires you um, to keep his commandments, like, the disciple, like when scripture commands us to go and make disciples. Um, yeah, as... Uh, as we come to a close, I just want to do some like personal reflection, and George and them can lead a song. Um, but I have a few questions for us. So, do you have a relationship with Jesus yourself? Um, can you honestly say that you have true fellowship with the Lord? Do you have true quinoa, konania with the Lord? Like, do you have that? <laughs> do you have that? Um, if not, then what is keeping you from it? Um, are you trying to hold on to finding your identity in your sin like I once did? Or have you grown too comfortable living in sin and living for the world?
if you know who the Lord is, you can say you have this relationship with him and take a look at your walk. Have you been showing the fruit of your walk? Um, have you shifted from this good news is only for me to this good news is for everyone? Are you willing to accept Jesus' commandment on your life to make disciples? Do you have anything keeping you from following that commandment? Um, so yeah, I just think some good personal reflection um, and just praying on that and worshiping together would be good. So I'm gonna pray and then give it away to the worship team. But um, dear Lord, just thank you for this time that we get to come together and just to be with you. Um, God, it's true that this relationship is not one way, it's not surface level, it's deep and it's intentional. And God, I just pray that if we haven't been in that mindset of, man, I wanna make the leap of just being all in with the Lord, then let's change that. Let's talk about it with our leaders. Let's talk about it with you, God. How can we make that jump? Because this is a commandment. This isn't for fun. This is to join an army and fighting for your, for your kingdom and for these souls around us. And we thank you, Lord, for all of our testimonies that we're still going through because you found each and every single one of us for a purpose and a reason. So, God, I just pray that you would just be with us as we're thinking on these questions and that your Holy Spirit would just be in charge and that, Lord, we would just be honest with you and just give it all to you, Lord. We love you so much. It's in your name. Amen. For more information, please visit xaunc.com or check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash xaunc. Our Instagram handle is at xaunc, and you can find all of our content on YouTube by searching Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.